Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 301 for September 14th, 2020. Today's guest is Eric Adams. He's the borough president of Brooklyn here in New York City and author of the forthcoming book, Healthy at Last, a plant-based approach to preventing and reversing diabetes and other chronic illnesses. I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 15 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons and the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email me MikeyPod at gmail.com. I am super excited about this week's guest. I need to thank my friend Rachel for making this thing happen so quickly. Eric's book is going to be out in October 14th. Don't quote me on that. Uh, Early October, let's just call it that. Uh, And our conversation was really great. I really like Eric. Um, Well, you'll hear how I first encountered him in the interview. Um, But he's really fun to talk to and it's been, I've run into him at different events at, for Tamerlane Farm and different things around the city. So, uh, yay, Eric Adams, and his book is great. I was happy to be able to look at an advanced copy of it. Uh, I hope you liked last week's episode. It was fun doing that sort of freeform, old school style <laughs> podcasting um, where I just told stories about how the podcast started and different important moments in the history of the podcast. It was really fun doing that. And a lot of people listened to it. So I'm glad I was worried that most people would just turn it off and wait for a guest. So that tells me I can talk a little bit more about myself, though I'm not going to do a lot of it this week. I would like to invite you to please come for me if I don't get this bird video posted this week. I told you for weeks, I've been saying, oh, I got to wrap up the editing on this video. I There's a guy in my neighborhood who walks around feeding the pigeons, but he's really teaching them. And it's an interesting thing. And I followed him around two winters ago with my camera and um, I got to get that thing posted. I got to just do it. So um, today's the day. Well, this week's the week. And if I don't do it, I invite you to please yell at me, tag me, tell me I'm wasting your time. Tell me you're a disgruntled patron who's been waiting for this video. Make me suffer (laughs) if I don't get this video up in time. Speaking of Patreon, I want to thank my subscribers on Patreon who power this podcast and all the other stuff I do. These are people who subscribe for $5 or more a month and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines and bonus podcasts, which this week's bonus podcast is up in the air. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but it's going to happen on Wednesday. There are over 40 of them there already on Patreon that you have immediate access to when you subscribe. And um, there will be another one this Wednesday. I think there are like 43, 44 bonus podcasts. It's interesting that I've been doing that for so long, too. I think that's enough. That's enough about me. Um, I really want to get right into this interview with Eric Adams. And uh, yeah, here it is. Here's Eric Adams. Joining me now on the podcast is Eric Adams. He's the borough president of Brooklyn here in New York City, and he is the author of a new book, Healthy at Last, A Plant-Based Approach to Preventing and Reversing Diabetes and Other Chronic Illnesses. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak with you and your audience, and this is such an important topic. Yeah, it really is. It's a it's a topic that's really dear to my heart, and I know it is to yours too. So I'm glad we could talk about. it. I'm so excited about 
this book coming out. And um, I, I have to throw out that the first time I encountered you was in Prospect Park at this scrappy little vigil for um, geese. It was right after some geese had been... <laughs> removed from the park and i was i was so impressed that like at the time you were a state senate a state senator then yeah that is so amazing (laughs) i was really Uh, like what he came to this i thought i was really really excited yes yes they were killing geese and actually we called for the vigil um you know sometimes uh people think that my love of animals and the love of humane treatment of animals started after my uh, diabetes uh, diagnosis. But no, as you just indicated, it went all the way back to protecting geese. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was... That's a that whole thing is a topic for another time, I think. But um, but I just had to throw it out because it was one of those things that made me realize, like, oh, this guy is... Legit. Um, so let's talk about about the book. And you mentioned your diabetes. Can you give a little background about about your path toward this way of eating plant based whole foods? Yes, no, so true. And like I said, uh, this is such an important topic for uh, so many people. When you look at the numbers of the number of people in America, uh, thirty million people are diabetic. Eighty-four million are pre-diabetic. The last thing I thought is that I would be one of those individuals. And I was out of the country at the time. I'm having real discomfort in my stomach. Uh, I actually thought it was colon cancer Mm. because I just lost a friend to colon cancer and it wasn't moving like gas would move. And so I decided to go to the doctor upon returning to the city. I saw my internist. My internist shared with me and he wanted me to have my stomach and my, my colon checked. And after I came out of sedation, uh, I was told that, you know, that I had an ulcer. But my real threat was that I was uh, diabetic and I was in a late state, advanced stages of diabetes with a high A1C number. And at that same time, I was experiencing, you know, I lost sight in my left eye and I was losing in my right. Uh, my ophthalmologist actually told me I had to turn in my driver's license because I was legally blind. And I had nerve damage in my hands and feet that could eventually lead to amputation uh, due to the neuropathic nerve damage. And I, I just really was falling apart. And, and you know, the doctor said, Eric, uh, this is your new norm. You will be on medicine uh, for the rest of your life. And And up until that time, you led a relatively healthy life, right? You weren't uh, incredibly overweight or, and you exercised regularly. And w- were you still a police officer then? And, and that's, that's so important because uh, although to uh, the fullness of my uh, physique, you know, I felt that, you know, the, the little pounds that I put on, uh, you know, the body fat, you can almost normalize anything. I guess that's how we're wired as uh, human beings to normalize things. And so over the years, I put on a little, I became more full, but it had sort of a muscular uh, built. Uh, little did I know, none of that was uh, body fat. But, I, you know, I exercised, uh, but my diet was just horrific. For the, you know, a lot of processed food, a lot of fried food, a lot of food filled with sugar, uh, just a real bad diet. 
I learned reading in the book that you had that you used food to cope with what you saw with during the day, um, which I I think it's it's interesting to me as. Uh, particularly right now because food became a way that I sort of dealt with being in quarantine with the pandemic. And now that things are sort of relaxing, I'm like, okay, let's get back on top of it. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but that happened like that's something that humans do in, in our society a lot. How, how did you address that? And that's so true. One of the number one things that I hear from people is um, under COVID, how, uh, they put on weight or they change some of their eating habits, uh, you know, because food is comforting. And, you know, that, they don't call it comfort food for nothing. Uh, it starts to, we self-medicate ourselves. And, you know, being a police officer uh, and just, you know, running into some very difficult moments and seeing some things that were really horrific, uh, you, you tend to uh, go enjoy that hamburger or go enjoy that Philly steak or, you know, pig out on some cheese. Uh, but the reality was that I was not uh, helping. Uh, I was actually hurting. And that's why I wanted to point out in the book, Healthy at Last, uh, that people can see there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, they fit into what everyday humans are doing. Uh, there's no oddity. I like to say it's an ET moment. They are not alone. Uh, <laughs> the number of Americans that are doing the same thing because this is the habit we see among our friends and families, and we we tend to adapt to that. We're creatures of of you know interaction and socialization. In the book, I guess it feels like you're you know teaching people what you learned through experience and through the. Uh, it was essential for you to to make your turn your health around. Um, but your goal here seems to be to help other people kind of learn what, what you learned the hard way. So true. And, and that has been uh, really the portrait of my life, you know, uh, after being arrested and assaulted by police officers, uh, I later joined the police department and retired as a captain. Uh, I've learned that uh, we often will go through dark places and it's not burials necessarily, is really planting and the fruit of your harvest should go to feed other people during their days of despair. And so I, I was an advocate for public safety and police reform in the police department. And now the dark place I found myself in around health, uh, I wanted to understand that it was a planting, not a burial. And now the fruits of my harvest is in this book and in some of the other work that we're doing. Uh, to really show people how they can be healthy at last. Yeah, and you know, I'm realizing as we're talking, we didn't get to the other side of your story with <laughs> plant-based food, that it worked, and you're much healthier now, right? It, did it reverse your diabetes completely? Are you still needing medication for that? Uh, and, 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 and and you're right. Uh, that That is the uh, most important part of the story, because my... my my book is a romance novel, you know, mm. when you really think about it. Uh, it is a, a person that was looking for love, to love himself by not being abusive to himself. And the ending of the story is just that. Um, I found that love in not abusing myself three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, after traveling to Ohio and going to the computer, and instead of putting in uh, living with diabetes, I put in reversing diabetes. It took me down a new pathway and a new journey. And I was able to come in contact with doctors like Dr. Greger, 
uh, who wrote How Not to Die, Dr. Barnard, Dr. Esselstyn, and I traveled to see him at the Cleveland Clinic, and he told me, uh, Eric, is your diet? And I was really shocked at the moment because I said to myself, I'm losing my sight, and here this guy is telling me to stop eating fried food. But I went home, cleaned out my cupboards, uh, threw all the processed food out of my refrigerator, and he was right. Three weeks after going to a whole food, plant-based diet, three weeks later, uh, my vision came back. And three months later, uh, my nerve damage went away, my diabetes went in remission, and my uh, the ulcer that originally sent me to the doctor in the first place, it just went away. No medicine, only food. It's really like I'm someone that has experience with this and I know a lot of people who have had this experience and still I'm like, come on, that didn't really happen. Like, you know, even though I know it did, what do you get that kind of pushback from people? People find it hard to believe, uh, but people saw me going through the physical transformation and the weight loss was so drastic. I lost 35 pounds without even trying. Uh, because my suits were getting larger on me, uh, that um, all that body fat was trimming off. It just really was a transformation of, you know, really how important it was. And my mom, who was 80 years old at the time, uh, she followed me um, after being diabetic for 15 years, seven years on insulin. Mom went uh, plant-based, and after two years, two months, she was able to get off her insulin. And if mom could do it at 80, then anyone could do it at 18 or 28 or, or 38 or even 88. Yeah, and, and your book <laughs> will show people how to do it. You talk in the book also about the origins of soul food and, and how it evolved from slave food. Can you talk a little bit about that? The rich history of the African-American experience or really any of the experiences um, from those from Central America, South America, or uh, you know even the Polynesian island. It's a victim of colonialization that uh, food was forced on people through slavery that was really the scraps um, from the slave master's table. And I wanted to pe- for people to be really informed on where food came from and the origin of the food. And that's why we pointed out in the book. What would it look like to encourage this evolution in the direction that that you're talking about? I think it's about family and conversation, engaging in real conversation in our schools, showing people how to grow food, how to prepare uh, to be healthy, uh, you know, I mean, soul food, when you think about it, and I smile and I laugh sometimes because soul food is taking healthy food and turning it as unhealthy as possible. So you can take uh, collard greens and put in all sorts of substance, you know, fat, fat, and, and uh, salt, and uh, all sorts of food, all sorts of byproducts to make it as unhealthy as possible. So, it's really about how do you take those yams and not put processed white sugar in it? Right. Uh, how do you take the macaroni and cheese and instead of having a natural mac- macaroni from uh, beans, uh, we have processed white flour macaroni and put processed cheese in it. So we're taking healthy food and turning it into unhealthy food. 
The, the goal is to go back to using those ingredients as they exist more like they exist in nature, yeah? No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and showing, you know, I'm a big believer that food must be good for you. It must look good. But darn it, it must taste good. Mm-hmm. There's a reason uh, we were created to have different taste sensations on our tongue to enjoy different tastes. And you don't have to compromise that taste. Uh, when you look at some of the recipes that I have in the book, Healthy at Last, it points to ways to get the taste you're looking for. At the same time, nature supplies us with so many sweet tastes, uh, so many salty tastes, uh, so many bitter tastes. You can get everything you're looking for in nature in a natural way. Mm. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, there's one last thing I want to talk to you about with the book, and and it's the keeping it going section, which I found it's my favorite part because it's something that we all need. And, you know, it's it's kind of like a little cheerleader section to me, you know, like, here's how you could deal with the, the different pitfalls you might encounter. And you talk about spirituality in that in a in a great way. Like, I'd love to hear you talk about why why you find spirituality is an important part of healthy living. That's a, that's a great question. We disconnect our physical body from the anatomy of our spirit. Uh, I strongly believe that for everything we see, there's something that's unseen. And there is an energy that's around our body. Uh, There have been so many studies that show uh, how that energy and that your vibration that you give off, good food gives good give off good vibrations and and not just the vibration we think about automatically, but really the spiritual vibrations, how you eat, it impacts uh, your spirit and impacts your energy. It impacts, you know, the healthiness of not only your physical body, but the anatomy of your spirit and meditation, uh, going for walks, uh, you know, thinking positive thoughts and just basically, uh, really going inward and do not only the physical healing from the chronic diseases, but the emotional and spiritual healing from the obesity of the things that are unhealthy that's all around us. And so you want that combination. You want to heal completely. So what's what's the use of having a body that's physically well, but emotionally it's not? Uh, And we see that more and more with the coronavirus, the mental illness that's coming from coronavirus, the increases all across the country. So it's more than just being physically sound, it's mentally as well. And and that just really leads me into um, why this is so important and so timely right now. Healthy at Last is talking about uh, during this time of coronavirus, you know, a large number of people who were hospitalized or who actually died uh, due to COVID-19, uh, they had comorbidities or pre-existing conditions. And those are just fancy terms uh, for diabetes, heart disease, respiratory condition, high blood pressure. Uh, we want to empower people how to, how to strengthen their immune system and how to live a healthy physical and mental life. Love it. I think that's a perfect thought for us to close on. Uh, 
I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me on the podcast today. Thank you, and I appreciate you inviting me, and I really encourage people to uh, read what I think is an easy conversational book, Healthy at Last. Uh, I would agree. And people who are listening, you can just look at the show notes for this episode and there'll be a link to purchase the book and um, all the social medias and all that kind of stuff. So there we go. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Hey, 
Hey there, my name is Lauren Ball, and I'm very lucky to have been able to collaborate with Michael Heron on so many projects. I first met Michael, when was it? I think it was like 2016 or something, many moons ago, and he had me as a guest on his delightful podcast, and the interview felt more like a chat with an old friend than an actual interview, and I just had the best time. And shortly after that, I actually ran into Michael in person um, in Prospect Park. He was running, and I was strolling with my dog. And I was like, hey, it's a small world. Let's collaborate more. And then since then, I've had him as a guest on my talk show. Uh, It's a talk show for witches, Gathering the Coven. And he has brought such wonderful melodic music and ambient music to that show. And also he was in the musical I wrote, uh, Bucolic, which is based on true uh, small town scary stories. So any chance that I get to work with Michael, I'm happy. And I especially love it when he invites me to join him on stage at Judson Memorial Church, because Michael's live shows are something to behold. And I'm excited to see New York get back to doing live theater at some point, um, so I can go watch Michael do his storytelling and music concerts again, and maybe even jump up on stage with him to sing um, an obscure 90s song like we did way back in October. Uh, Michael, congrats on all the wonderful podcast episodes, and I look forward to hearing more episodes from you in the future. Keep up the great work. Yay. Love you. Bye. Oh, Lauren, thank you so much for sending that. Uh, She sent it in right on the wire as I was editing this podcast. Um, If you listened last week, you heard me talk about Lauren. Uh, She's one of the, the people, she's one of the many people who I've started collaborating with because of this podcast, but she's like the pinnacle. Like we've done so much together and I look forward to doing so much more. And like she says, I cannot wait till we're able to do live performances again. Um, oh, Lauren, thanks so much for sending that in. Thank you listeners for listening to this podcast. Thank you, Borough President Eric Adams for being on the show. Thank you, Rachel Atchison for letting me know this book was coming out and setting up this interview like lickety split. I'm so happy. So uh, check out the book. It comes out in October. I'll put the exact date in the show notes because I, again, I didn't look that up, but something's telling me October 14th, but that could be way off. I don't know where that 14th is coming from. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you the song we just listened to. That was by uh, Dr. God. Uh, my friend April is Dr. God. Oh, that sounds wow, that's a trip. My friend April is Dr. God. That track is from their latest EP called Resurrection, and the track itself is called I'm Alive. That's it. If you love the show, please tell a friend. You could share it on social media, and you could also join on Patreon um, where you can subscribe for a monthly subscription cost, and it and it uh, you get behind-the-scenes stuff. I already told you all that in the beginning of the show. I'd love to have you there, and I'm so grateful for those of you that already are. Um, have a great week, and I'll see you next week. This thing is happening every week. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud. It's been hard being consistent, especially during a pandemic. So um, uh, I'm patting myself on the back and I hope you're doing what you are doing to take care of yourself right now as well. Let me hear from you. Talk to you next week. Bye.